If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 5. Today and next time, I want to share two stories from the account of Jesus' life um, in, from the book of John. One is John 5, the other is John 9. They're two stories of um, people that Jesus heals. Two stories of people who have an opportunity to grow in faith. Two stories of pools in Jerusalem. Two pool stories, two healing stories, two John stories, but they really serve as a comparison and contrast for us. Before we go any further, let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, for the truth of your word, we thank you for how you have an ability to time things perfectly. So as we read your word, uh, we see an, it's how it applies to each day. And so that would be the case today. Lord, would you take this word and apply it to everybody's life? Through Christ I pray. Amen. Now, if you like stories with twists and turns, uh, you get your chance with John chapter 5. Um, the story goes like this. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered. Verse 5, there's some debate about whether the next couple of verses actually are included in the scripture. So verse 5, a man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time in that condition, he said to the man, do you wish to get well? I love that question. On the surface, it looks like a silly question. He's been sick for 38 years. He's by this pool, uh, Bethesda, um, where according to the myth, every once in a while it gets stirred up. They think maybe some angel stirs it up and the first one in the pool gets to be healed. And so this man is by the, the this pool, essentially because he wants to be healed. But Jesus doesn't ask silly questions. He, does, he asks questions for a reason. There's something profound about Jesus asking him, do you wish to get well? I, I wonder if he um, was asking him that because he was giving him a chance to express faith. This encounter with Jesus, uh, the healing from Jesus is going to be a test of faith. Do you believe that I can heal you? Are you interested in my healing and my leadership? Another reason why Jesus may have asked the question is because um, he was not just kind of a drive-by healer. You know, Jesus uh, healed people personally with the touch, with the contact. And so Jesus is establishing a relationship with him. He wants to do more than just heal this man's body. He wants to heal him in the soul. I think another reason why Jesus asked the question, though, is because if Jesus heals this man, 
it will radically change his life. Think about it. For 38 years, he's been completely dependent on other people. For 38 years, he's been able to beg. He's not had to work. He's not been responsible for other people. Other people carry him places. Other people bring him his food. Other people attend to him and all of his needs. If he gets well, then he's going to have to take responsibility for his own life. He's going to have to be a servant to others. He's going to have to care for others. He's going to have to work. It really is a legitimate question. Do you wish to be well? It's actually a question that we all need to ask. There are areas in our lives where we all probably need to change, where we all need healing. And part of the question is, do you really want to get well? Um, Do you really want to overcome your anxiety? Or has anxiety become such a companion for you that you're not quite sure how you could live without it? Do you really want to be generous? You know, do I really want to be patient with others? Uh, do I, do you really want to be empathetic? Do you really want to overcome whatever, um, you know, addictions or impulses that you, uh, give into and you, again, associate those things with a good time? Do you wish to get well? Well, the story goes on. How would you describe this man's response? The sick man answered Jesus, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Now, what kind of answer is that? How would you describe this man? I, I, I don't think I'm being unfair when I say I think he's just a whiner. And he could have, said, could have said, yes, can you help me? You know, are you offering to help me in some way. But instead of asking Jesus for his help, he just whines him out of the bath. Nobody helps me. And there's just, it's kind of like he's stuck in this rut. Jesus said to him, pick up, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And immediately the man became well, picked up his pallet and began to walk. I love You have to appreciate the immediacy of Jesus healing. None of this stuff like you see on television sometimes, where it's like this dramatic development or whatever. It's like Jesus says, be healed, and the man's healed immediately. But, boom, 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 there's a twist in the story. Jesus has healed this man on the Sabbath. And while, according to the Old Testament law, there's nothing wrong with Jesus healing on the Sabbath, According to the Pharisaic law, the oral traditions that they have developed, this is against their authority, their personal authority. It's a challenge to them. Now it was the Sabbath on that day, verse 9 ends. So the Jews, and um, uh, often in the New Testament, when it talks about the Jews, it's not just talking about a group of Jewish people. It really means it's, it's, it's implying the Jewish leaders. Um, so the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It's not permissible for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, he who made me well was the one who said to me, pick up your pallet and walk. They asked him, Who is this man who said to you, pick up your pallet and walk? (laughs) Talk about missing the point. Here is a man who has just been miraculously healed. Here's a man who 
has 38 years of evidence that he was lame. And yet now, Jesus, by divine power, has healed him. And rather than focusing on the power of God and what God is up to, what are they focused on? He's carrying his ballot, which is not against the Old Testament law. But the man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away while there was a crowd in that place. Now, read between the lines, and I want you to understand that this man is shaking in his boots. The Jewish leaders come to him and are asking him, hey, who healed you? Why are you carrying this pallet? He realizes that he is in danger of being kicked out of the synagogue, kicked out of Jewish worship. That's not just being kicked out of a church building. It means he's going to be ostracized from the community. He will lose his identity. He'll lose his friends. He'll lose family. Everybody else who is part of the synagogue, he would be considered unclean for them to be around. There's a lot at stake. What this man is facing at this moment is a choice. Will I have faith in Jesus, the one who healed me, or will I fear people? So the story goes on. Verse 14. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, I love the fact this is the second time Jesus finds him. Neither time does this man find Jesus. This is so typical Jesus. I think when we all look back on our lives, it's, we're going we're gonna to realize that God has chased us a whole lot more than we ever chased him. It's his grace. Jesus found him and said to him, Behold, you've become well. Don't sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. See, as I said before, Jesus is not just concerned with his physical healing. He's concerned with his, his spiritual health. He wants him to have faith in God, to live a holy life as a follower of God. Because there's something much worse than being sick all your life. There's something much worse than not being able to walk for a lifetime. There's something worse than not being in uh, the ability to, to work and to do what everybody else can do in time. And that is being lost for time and eternity. What a loving morning. We see that Jesus is not just interested primarily in the physical, but also the spiritual. How does the man respond? Again, he has this wonderful opportunity to have faith in Jesus who loves him, who's been, who has served him, who has healed him, who has just taught him the words of, that'll give him life. How does he respond? Faith in Jesus or fear of people? The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Man healed by the pool of Bethesda has a choice of faith or fear of people. Faith in God, fear of people. He chooses fear. I think it's fascinating there um, that he 
makes a choice, a conscious choice to be a tattletale. He is a whiner. He is ungrateful. He is a tattletale. He lacks faith. That's the man healed by the pool of Bethesda. Next time we'll pick up in John chapter 9, the man who's associated with the pool of Siloam. Before we go, I just want to ask, it seems like every day we are faced with this man's predicament. God blesses us every day. God gives us so many good things to be thankful for. How do we respond? What does it mean to respond in faith and not in fear? When there's an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody, do you respond in fear of people? I'm afraid what this person may think of me. I may, I'm afraid that I won't have the right thing to say. Uh, this person wouldn't be interested. I might offend them. Or do you respond in faith? Jesus, help me to say the right things. Jesus, go before me. With your money, opportunities every day, fear or faith. Putting God first with your money or are you anxious with your money? And do you hold it mostly like this because you're afraid that if you really release it to God, if you really trust him with your life and your future, that it won't work out for you? Fear or faith? I'm sure you'll, uh, the Holy Spirit will give you applications for that today. But let's be the people who walk in faith. Heavenly Father, um, thank you that you give us this example of this man. First of all, the example of Christ who loves, who pursues, who pursues again. That you don't violate our will. Um, that you ask us if we really want to get well. I pray today that we will see through your eyes opportunities, choices between faith in you, which will result in obedience and boldness, or fear of people, fear of sacrifice, fear of pain. Help us, Lord, to walk in faith. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Uh, if you want to get ready for next time, take a look at John chapter 9 healing of the man uh, born blind. Until then.